0: What level of improvement should the Dallas Cowboys expect from their 2021 draft class going into year two? And that plus more of your questions here today on the Locked On Cowboys podcast.
1: You are, you are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every locked day.
0: On. Locked. Locked. locked On. Locked On. Cowboys. Locked On Locked On. Hi, I'm Landon McCool, and welcome to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Marcus Moser, my normal co-host, is out on assignment, which is uh, a nice way of saying that uh, he's not going to be here today. That's just the general catch-all term we use there. Today, we are getting your questions in, and you had a ton of them, including what kind of improvements can the Cowboys expect from their 2021 draft class? Who are some tight end names that the Cowboys could potentially be targeting in the draft, and much, much more? So let's get right into it, uh, so we can get through a bunch of these questions. Hopefully, without Marcus today, we are going to burn through a ton of these questions. And I do think we should start where I just left off with a question on uh, from Jones's babysitter. Very excellent nickname. Jones's babysitter asks. Can you discuss some of the high and low end projections for the developments of last year's rookies specifically interested in thought on thoughts on Jabril Cox, Kevin Joseph, and Osa. I think all three can make a big leap and it already seems like the media is writing off Cox. Well, I I think that you you saw a little bit from, you know, each one of those guys, obviously kind of in reverse declining order. I mean, I think we saw a ton of Osa Digizua early in the season through necessity. I mean, he had to get on the field early Uh, They needed him to play a a lot of snaps, a lot more snaps than I think that they anticipated before Neville Gallimore got injured in training camp. Um, So I I think that he got a healthy dose of it early on and and had some development early on in his rookie year that probably wasn't expected for someone. uh, You know, as a third round pick, a defensive tackle, it's it's a difficult position to kind of transition into the NFL. Um, So he got a lot of snaps early on kind of hit a wall as the season went on, but, but also, you know, as defensive tackle started to come back, uh, didn't need to take the lion's share of the snaps anymore. I think that that is really going to serve Oso well going into year two, all that experience, all that opportunity. He got a real taste for what it's like to play in the NFL. And, and I think that that really helps with your training, your offseason training. You have an idea of what your what the goal is, what the standard is. And now you're kind of working towards that to try to get closer and closer to that. So uh, I think that that's all really good, uh, you know anticipation for uh, improvement from Oso to Gizuwa. Now, Jabril Cox and Joseph are a little bit different. They got less you know work as as the season went on. Uh, well, not as the season went on, but they got less work than Oso overall last season. Joseph, as the season went on, actually got more work. It seems like he was being folded in as injuries came in. they got he got more opportunity. And as he played well, uh, even as folks started to come back from injury, he still continued to get some opportunities. Unfortunately, Jabril Cox, just as he was starting to get uh, snaps on defense, uh, you know, had, got his injury and uh, tore his ACL. So uh, I anticipate both these guys taking big leaps next year, uh, simply because they, you know, they didn't get the the number of snaps that Osa did uh, in their rookie years. But I do think that those are positions that, you know, once you get your feet wet a little bit, once you kind of have an idea of what you're doing. Uh, And then honestly, just once you have a full offseason of being a professional football player and not having to worry about college and dealing with all that stuff, all you're doing is working out. That's the reason that you see a large jump in a lot of these guys. And for people like uh, Cox and Joseph, who are, you know, kind of physical freaks at their position, uh, I think getting a little bit of knowledge on exactly how the game works in the NFL uh, can can really help improve things quite a bit. All right, uh, let's see what's next. Uh, are, uh, do you see any notable free agents remaining that would be willing to accept a one-year pillow deal to play with Dallas, Matthew, Treder, Campbell, Fisher, Beasley? Uh, you know, I think that... This is why the Cowboys are probably waiting at this point, right, is, is, you know, as we get into the, you know, I don't know what stage you want to call this a free agency. But as we get through the kind of later stages of free agency, some of the markets for some of these top end guys start to get a little softer and, and they start to kind of be more willing to look at, OK, what do I need to do to kind of help my market? Uh, you know, get better potentially next year. They, they, they start looking towards one year deals as kind of a, a, a vaulting point to help, you know, get a longer term contract, hopefully in the future for them. So some of the names that were mentioned, Tyron Matthew, J.C. Treader, Campbell, Fisher, Beasley. You know, I think that these are all guys that are kind of in that uh, area. They're all veteran guys. They're all looking to kind of have one more payday or at least one more payday. Uh, and and they may be. I mean, I don't know if all if all of those guys. I don't know if Matthew, Matthew and have kind of fall into that category. But they they may be getting closer to the point where they are willing to accept a one year deal as a, you know kind of a just a bridge between uh, contracts. So I think the Cowboys are going to be. I mean, Wagner I think falls into this category as well. And and I think that the Cowboys are interested in these kind of players. That the question becomes, you know, can the contract can the numbers get down to a place. Where it's uh, within striking distance, what the Cowboys want to pay for them. That's, what, I mean, if that's not the 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 problem most of the time, I don't know what is. So I, I think you know there are definitely guys that the Cowboys would be interested in bringing, kind of for that sort of you know one term one one year deal to sort of be a bridge for for a more long term solution for the Cowboys, and 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 like I said, be a vaulting point for those free agents to kind of you know help make themselves a little bit of money. Uh, let's take a quick break so we can talk to you folks about bet online. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams of the for the Final 4 will and will determine this year's national championship this coming week. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, Bet online remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is on, is your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casinos. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the
1: games start. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, let's take some more questions. Like I said, we're going to try to get through a ton of these as we can. Uh, Texas, at Texas underscore Trill 12 asks, what tight end prospects are you most excited about coming into the NFL? This is very fortuitous timing, uh, Texas Trill, because uh, Marcus and I were doing uh, uh, tight ends this week. Uh, and, and, and it is interesting to kind of look at the class. I mean, it's a very interesting class. I think we've talked about the tight end class at, at different points uh, uh, throughout the podcast. You know, there isn't that kind of name brand top end guy. I mean, even the folks that, that kind of have been Bantied about early as being some of those top guys have kind of fallen off. I mean, I think obviously White Admire is a guy that really comes to mind as someone whose pre-draft process has been lacking, I would say, as far as helping promote his draft stock. Right now, uh, Marcus and I are are looking at uh, tight end uh, Jelani Woods from UVA and Charlie Kohler from uh, Iowa State. Please check in next week for those uh, 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 kind of deep dives on those players and Wiedemeyer is included in that as well. Um, you know, Jeremy Ruckert is a guy from Ohio state that, that I, I really liked watching his, his tape. Unfortunately it looks like he uh, showed up to his Ohio state pro day uh, with a boot on. And so we don't really know what the status is of status of him is yet. Uh, so they're, they uh, we don't really know if he's going to be ready for training kit. We don't know what the injury is yet. So, uh, he's a guy that I really liked and I thought could be, uh, someone that potentially the Cowboys could, could, could use, uh, you know, the guy named Trey McBride from Colorado state is someone that, uh, I think has some upside as a receiver. Uh, I think, you know, the Colorado state has had a, a, lot of success in putting pass catchers in the league, mostly receivers, but I, I, I certainly would take a chance on someone like Trey McBride after watching his tape, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting. Class, there's there's guys, there's uh, the kid, the guy from SMU, and this is terrible radio. I can't remember what his name is, but um, he, you know, was kind of an older prospect. Actually, had to retire from football for a little while due to some concussion issues. So there's definitely uh, there's definitely going to be some uh, something that needs to be checked out medically there uh, uh, that will to make sure that he's safe to you know uh, be drafted. Because I mean, that's the thing that's really scary about those concussions is that it, it's the kind of thing that, you know, if you get one, the, a really terrible one, and if you had a series of them, that can be career ending almost right away. You know, it's just like if you get a certain amount of them, there's a certain point where it becomes uh, untenable. And I think there's, there's a reason that this guy uh, retired temporarily. His name is Grant Cal Catera uh, from SMU. Uh, yeah, like I said, a little bit of an older prospect, but uh, that's because he uh, of the the time where he took off for the concussions. If you get past the medicals on him, he has some pretty exciting tape. He is an SMU, obviously, so he's eligible for Dallas Day. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys were willing to take take a kick of tires on a guy like that. All right, let's uh, let's scroll around some more. Um, Pigskin Prognosticator uh, at Ben underscore Barth 98 asks, are you nervous of Micah not being as effective with increased pass rush snaps? I think efficiency will go down and he won't be as effective. I think that that's that's a a reasonable fear. I think that that's something that, you know, if you look statistically at at, uh, pass rush situations, uh, that I think that, you know, everyone was kind of generally surprised with Micah Parsons uh, uh, ability as a pass rusher, so I, I anticipating a, 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 a regression, I, I think that that's that's a very you know normal healthy thing. I, I don't know that it's it should be guaranteed though. I, I think that there is a, a world where Micah spends more time as a pass rusher uh, in the off season, actually develops more skills there, and becomes a even better and more dangerous player. I, I think if you look at the fact that. He didn't really get used full time, or or kind of even evaluated or or trained as a pass rusher until a certain amount of weeks into training camp. Uh, I was actually there the day that it, it, it felt like he got pulled aside by uh, you know some of the defensive ends, and 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 Quinn was working with him on the side after practice, really kind of trying to hone some skills, and, and I think he spent some time on the side with Tyron Smith, uh, just trying to you know kind of figure out what he's doing there. So I think that the, expecting regression for a guy that uh, had success on, on, on limited pass rush snaps. I think that's totally reasonable. I also think it's totally reasonable to expect that he actually has improvement here because he's actually getting a full offseason to kind of work on this much like we talked about with some of these other younger guys, right? is their first opportunity to really get to, train full-time as NFL football players and not have to worry about college. Same goes for Micah in pass rushing. He, you know, this is his first opportunity to really kind of spend some off-season time honing that and really working on it and, and improving there. Uh, so there is an opportunity that he could actually get better, I think, just as much as there's an opportunity for regression there. All right. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Chris Copeland asks, who are the top three players in the first two rounds you want the Cowboys to avoid? You know, I'm going to get buried for this, but I think we've talked about this before. Uh, I struggle with a certain type of pass rusher and, 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 and George Carol the the player from Purdue, uh, young player, uh, very aggressive, excellent mindset. I struggle with the translation of his skill set into the NFL. That he doesn't have exceptionally long arms. He's not exceptionally bendy. He has pretty good acceleration. He's he's a he's a good athlete. There's no way around that. But he doesn't necessarily have uh, the kind of translatable skills at the defensive end position that I like for guys, especially if you're drafting him in the first round. Uh, so he's a little scary for me. But again, like this could very well be my my whole as an evaluation as an evaluator you know more than than carl but he kind of generally scares me um you know i i think that outside of that i i mean i don't know that there's a ton of of guys that i feel like are realistic that the cowboys could take at 24 that i would be terribly upset with um you know, I I generally would say that I like N'Kobe Dean, but I, I he's of the list of guys that are potentials at 24. He's kind of near the bottom of that list. I, I just think that, you know, an off-ball linebacker, he's incredibly instinctual, but it's just difficult when you don't have the level of requisite athleticism at that size to play the position. So he's a guy that I would probably be careful with. Um I can't really think of anybody else who, um, you know, necessarily is like just a, a no, a no-go for us at 24. Um, yeah, I think, you know, those are kind of the two that are just more of my personal preference, I guess. You know, I, I, I think there's been some talk about drafting a corner and and outside of, of uh, Stingley, I think that I would not love necessarily this drafting a corner just because I feel like it's a misuse of, of, of resources. You, you have a, a good secondary right now. There's lots of other parts of your team that could use uh, a boost. Uh, I'm certainly, you know, never going to poo poo the idea of, of drafting the best available player, even if it's a position that you already have, have some strength at. but I think that the Cowboys are at a spot where, you know, they're kind of in a window and they want to try to get as much talent to play right away or, or the next year or so. So, you know, kind of adding cornerbacks to an already crowded cornerback room, I think, might be a mistake uh so that those are kind of the spots uh that i i would look at uh at zach pounds ask if kelvin joseph going is kelvin joseph going to be your starting cb2 when the season starts you know i think they're going to give him every opportunity i mean they 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 were going to give him every opportunity last offseason you know because of injury situation he didn't really get a chance to kind of do that i think this year they will give him that chance i think the really interesting question is uh is anthony brown going to still be on the the roster by the time that the training camp and potentially the season starts he's due i think five million dollars this year and 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 he played fantastic football last year And, and let me be clear i'm not condoning getting rid of him i think that Anthony Brown is one of the reasons that you feel good about the quarterback room is because, you know, that at the very least, he provides a nice comfortable floor for CB2. And at, you know, best case scenario, he's a very uh, experienced and talented uh, slot corner while Kevin Kelvin Joseph is your outside guy. So uh, I think that that's really kind of where I'm looking at it now is, you know, if are the Cowboys going to be, are the Cowboys going to want to hold on to all these cornerbacks uh, I have no doubts that they're definitely going to be looking at Kelvin Joseph as CB two uh, to kind of start things out in training camp. They may make him earn that a little bit, but I don't imagine that it will be a, a, a very difficult competition to kind of get him into a situation where he's rotating with Brown and then eventually kind of taking over that job, uh, you know, before training camp. Uh, Mr. Vallejos says at, uh, from at Girl Dad eighty eight big hypothetical if. How would Kyle Hamilton fit in Dallas if he fell? Well, I mean, I think you know exactly how Kyle Hamilton would fit in Dallas if he fell. He, he would be very similar to the way that you use curse. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where he's definitely a lot more uh, probably versatile just because of his uh, processor speed. Uh, he, he could play in the back end if you needed him to, I think, more than, than, than curse. Um, but I think that how he would fit in the Cowboys, you know, uh, locker room would be a very similar situation to what you see with Curse, right? A lots, lots of covering tight ends, lots of playing in the box. You know, their skill sets are similar, except I think you know Curse maybe is a little less expanded than what you can expect out of Kyle Hamilton. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of similar, similar type of usage that you should expect if if that were the the situation. I just wouldn't hold my breath there. I would not expect that Kyle Hamilton ends up falling to the Cowboys, even despite him running that 4-7. I, I just I think he's too talented of a player. I mean, it certainly can happen. Like We talked about any, anything can happen in the NFL draft, but I'm just not anticipating something like that. All right, guys, we need to take a break to talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is impossible to find your, your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, let's get through a couple more questions before we get out of here. I'm trying to peel through as many of these as possible. Uh, Let's take a Bobby Bobby Wagner question. It's still kind of floating around in, in the media. Um, uh, at pkehoe82 pokehoe82 i don't know looks like they have a, a, a nft as their as their uh, pvp so is bobby wagner a fit with us at 11 million dollars for one year based on cap well i mean i think that there is a, certainly a way that the cowboys can arrange that so in such a way that it's you know, not going to be so murderous on their cap. I mean, they could probably even put in a void here if they wanted. And, and honestly, Bobby may want to sign more than a one-year deal, uh, to, you know, if if that's what he's looking for. It's kind of hard to get a read on what his market is right now. I mean, he's, he left Los Angeles. He went to Baltimore for a visit. I think that there's teams that want him, and I certainly think that there are teams that are willing to pay him that much money. I think the question now becomes, what is he looking for? Is he looking for a, another huge payday? Is he looking for an opportunity to kind of vault him into another free agent deal like we talked about with some of these other folks? Um, I certainly think that Bobby Wagner still can play good football. I, I certainly think that, that he uh, has the ability to still go out there and be a leading tackler in the NFL. And certainly is going to be an incredible influence in the locker room. So I, I think that all of those things uh, make him a good fit, especially with someone like Michael Parsons. It would be fantastic to have a, a role model like Bobby Wagner in that locker room. Uh, I, I think those are all reasons that he's a good fit. And I think that the the level of versatility that you're going to be able to get out of a player like Bobby Wagner in your defense, because you're going to be able to move Parsons around. I think it can make it worth that much money. Uh, the question is whether the Cowboys can be competitive in free agent and, and 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 that's free agency, and that's kind of really where we are with this. Is Are they going to be able to make an offer or will they, will they be willing to make an offer that will uh, be uh, something that's competitive with the other teams that are in Bobby Wagner's orbit right now, trying to get him to join their team. All right. A couple more questions and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, It sounds okay. From Corey uh, at Cowboys for life. Uh, it sounds more and more like Pollard is going to take on more wide receiver responsibilities this year. Talk about that, what the offense would look like with Pollard in the Debo role. Now, I think we should caution against folks from kind of one-to-one comparing what Pollard potentially might do as the Debo role. Because, again, that just sounds like the typical... Uh, chasing the dragon on the hottest uh, 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 trends in the NFL of offense. I, I think you know, the idea in general is that, you know, what Debo Samuel does is is he provides an easy button for Jimmy Grapple. and we've talked about this ad nauseum since the off season, right? The Cowboys need to do a better job of making the job easier. For Dak Prescott, they need to get the ball to some of their playmakers early and then let their playmakers use their yards after catch ability to kind of create yardage instead of requiring Dak to make difficult throws uh, in order to move the ball down the field every single time. Uh, And so what Pollard will do is, I mean, look, just to go into this really quickly, if you don't have the kind of history there, Pollard was basically a just a slot wide receiver at Memphis in college. So he has experience there. Uh, the things that I'm hearing from folks is that the Cowboys are very, very interested in getting him more involved in the passing game, almost like a third receiver in the passing game. So the, a huge uptick in snaps, which is I think well-deserved if you saw what he was able to do last year on limited opportunities. So I, I would imagine that what you see is, you know, him taking more snaps as a wide receiver they may need to kind of compensate for that by bringing in another running back to kind of take away some of the secondary snaps if they need to, um, uh, away from like Ezekiel Elliott with 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 another running back. I think what you'll see is you know underneath stuff uh, you know, they'll 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 try opportunities to get Pollard down the field. I think with some of the speed, I don't know that he's going to be like a deep threat, but I think that you can run him from from the slot deep down the field, and I think he can catch over the shoulder if he needs to. Um, you know, kind of in and out of his breaks sort of things, screens, uh, reverses. I think these are all things that you should look for with Pollard, getting the ball to him quickly and and on the move. Those are all things that I think will be very appealing to him. And then just kind of to flip side this, I think we'll also see an uptick on the usage of how they move around CD Lamb. I think you'll see more CD Lamb in the backfield. Uh, Those are all things that if you're looking for kind of a Debo Samuel uh, uh, comparison, I think, you know, Several different of these players will likely do things that are kind of outside of the normal role of their position, right? CeeDee Lamb and Pollard kind of blending that line between running back and wide receiver. Uh, And I think that that's going to be an opportunity to kind of get people in better position to get open, uh, not being so static with uh, where everyone's lining up. Um, These are things that I think that that Kellen Moore is interested in in, and using more formational stuff, using, uh, different personnel groups in different ways uh, in interesting different ways. So I think these are things that the that Kellen Moore is interested in that we're going to see an uptick of, and it won't just be Pollard. I just think Pollard is the guy who's probably going to benefit the most this this season uh, with an increase in touches. Uh, let's, let's do one more question and then we will uh, kind of get on our way. Okay. From Herbert, the hamster, at Julian, at night. Do you think the Cowboys traded Amari too early and would have gotten interest in better draft picks from the other teams after Devontae Adams and Tyreek traded, knowing that the Chiefs are looking to trade for a number one wide receiver? I honestly, and I, I've seen this kind of on Twitter at several different times from folks and and, and this kind of belief system that the Cowboys could have gotten more uh, for Amari Cooper I just don't see any evidence of that. You know, I, I think I think there are some folks out there that think that Jerry, like, because Jerry let it no, be known to the media that, that they were potentially looking to release him or trade him, that that somehow drove down his value. I, I don't see how that's possible. I, I don't think that anybody that heard, I, I don't believe that any of the NFL teams heard Exclusively from the media that Cooper was available and potentially not going to be on the Cowboys this year. I think we are always the last folks to know uh, relative to NFL teams and, and and ownership and front offices. Look, the Cowboys clearly decided last season. And we said this multiple times. The Cowboys clearly decided last season when they didn't touch they didn't touch Cooper's contract for a restructure. They clearly decided that they were. Probably going to move on from them at some point, and uh, and and you know get rid of that contract number because they didn't feel comfortable with it. I think what actually happened is the COVID situation bringing the cal- the salary cap down to a point where that money that was lost in the salary cap uh, reduction that was a result of the COVID seasons was probably just about the amount of money that the Cowboys had slotted for Cooper and and, uh, holding on to that contract. So I think once they lost that money, it kind of made that contract decision a little bit easier. Look, say what you will, the the Cowboys seem to have been pretty adamant that they had concerns about um, some effort stuff, whether it's, you know, and and look, part of that could be just spin in the media. But I, I also think that if we're being honest with ourselves, these were questions that Cowboys fans were asking at different points uh, during the last season. So uh, I, you know, I don't think that getting rid of Cooper was something that they would have done in a vacuum necessarily. But when you talk about the price point that he was getting for the next two years, you talk about the production that he put up on the field last year, you've got CD lamb, you know, who's already your number one wide receiver. I, I think that it was pretty clear that the Cowboys were going to be moving on from Cooper. So The teams weren't going to trade for that contract because I don't think that most teams believe that Cooper is necessarily worth that contract. And that, and I think that's indicated by the fact that no one was willing to trade more than a fifth round to get this contract. It wasn't, it wasn't like such a bargain that people had to throw draft picks at it in order to entice you away from it. I think the Browns offered something, which was more than a cut and the Cowboys got something when there probably was not much to be had there. Again, I think that we need to remind ourselves that trades are not just about the player. It's about trading for the contract that the player is on. And I think that if you look around the NFL, despite all the big money contracts that are being handed out, I don't know that the rest of the NFL thought so highly of, of Cooper's contract that they felt like they had to trade for it, that they couldn't get away. They couldn't take up pass up an opportunity to get such a, a, a deal on his contract. Uh, And I think Cleveland was just willing to not have to fight the free agent market for Cooper uh, and, and get that, get the money as it is, instead of having to sign a potential longer term contract with maybe more money on the back end eventually. So um, that's it for us today, guys. Thank you guys for joining me today. Make sure you check us out uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We're always free and available. Make sure you check me out at McCool BCB. Make sure you check out Marcus Moser as well at marcus at marcus underscore mosier uh and until next time happy trails everybody
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast